Psalm 96, verse 1. O sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Good morning, Watermark. Welcome to Mission Sunday, also known as Sunday Fun Day. Am I the only one who calls it that? Okay. Quick shout out to Anthony, who has the best dressed, uh, best dressed guy here today. Um, Pastor Tommy's out today, so he's traveling back, so please uh, keep him in your prayers. Uh, so we're going to take a break from Peter today. We have a special guest uh, uh, who's going to preach this morning. Uh, his name is Jerry Crod. He is the regional uh, director for Europe and uh, Middle East uh, for the Christian Missionary Alliance. For those who don't know, Christian Missionary Alliance is the organization, denomination that we are part of. So uh, it sort of coincides, and he has a lot of experience. He's been doing church planning in, uh, in Germany, uh, both east and west uh, side of the Berlin as well. Uh, they've been doing with lot with youth, with children, uh, where there is not a lot of gospel presence that's going on. So he's going to share uh, this morning about some of the stuff that's happening uh, in that side. Uh, and also, if you guys didn't know, we are doing the Kurdistan um, initiative. I don't like to call it a mission trip because it's not a one-off thing. We are doing an initiative to Kurdistan, and it's the first trip we're doing is in March and April. And then we're also doing another one for Haiti for summer, June or July. Uh, so we thought it would be awesome to have Jerry sort of share the vision, the heart, what the Holy Spirit, what God is doing in that area. So we're going to have that this morning. Uh, so let's pray and get started. So Father God, thank you, Lord, for your church. Thank you, Lord, for your people, uh, friends. Uh, family, for the, your community, oh, Father. And as we listen, Lord, what Jerry has uh, for us today, Lord, I ask, Lord, that you would use him to speak into our hearts, uh, transform our minds, transform our hearts, Lord, to do good and justice in the world. Um, so I pray, Holy Spirit, uh, be at work, and uh, let us open our hearts and open our minds to what you have to say. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you, Sam. It's great to be here this morning. Um, first time, first time I've ever been in the Tampa area from Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. Um, thanks for inviting me, even though most of you didn't. <laughs> didn't have a choice, but here I am. Uh, I am very, very excited because I get to do something that's pretty sweet, and that is to just to tell you guys what God is doing in the parts of the world that we're involved in, and that is Europe and the Middle East. Um, sometimes when we live in kind of our own little world, it's easy to forget that God is a lot bigger than what happens on Sunday morning in this place, right? 
and uh, our lives get busy, and we all we got our studies, we got our jobs, we got our relationships, and um, and and it can be easy to forget that that there's a whole world out there, a whole world full of people, and God is doing stuff there. So I get a chance. That's really what I'm going to do today. I'm not going to like preach a sermon. I'm just going to share with you what God is what God is doing in the world. Um, I want to start by telling you a little bit about myself, um, since, like I said, you don't know me at all. Um, this is my family, uh, my wife Shelly, and uh, my, three do- my three kids, Katie and Anna and Jason. Katie's studying at Crown College up in Minnesota in her second year in nursing, and Jason and Anna are seniors in high school. And uh, we live in Germany, the southwestern part of Germany, and our kids attend a school called Black Forest Academy, which is a school kind of primarily for uh, missionary kids uh, from all over that region. So we've been living down there for four years now. Originally, though, God called us to go to the city of Berlin, far in the northeastern corner, as Sam mentioned, and we had the chance to be a part of three different new church starts up there, an international church, a couple German churches. So we lived there for 13 years and had an awesome time. And we're actually planning to stay. Like, we, we did not want to leave. I would say we're probably more passionate after 13 years than ever about the whole northeast kind of uh, Berlin and northeast part of the country. But God had different plans, and um, he asked us if we would take on a new role that involved the region that we were part of, that involved Europe and the Middle East. So my world kind of went from Minnesota to Germany and then to, to Europe and the Middle East. Um, Sam mentioned we're part of a church family called the, the Alliance, Christian Mission Alliance. And right now in Europe and the Middle East, we have about 120 workers there. And uh, in 12 different countries, you can see the yellow countries there that, that currently we have workers in, doing all kinds, a variety of different things. Uh, some of that I'll, I'll tell you about what God, is, what God is at work doing. So I'd like to pray. Um, Lord God, we just invite you to speak to our hearts and that this wouldn't just be like an exercise of kind of sort of like watching the evening news kind of exercise that it wouldn't just be getting information, but that you would that you would touch our hearts. Amen. God is at work in the world, I mentioned, and one of the ways he is doing things is he is completely changing people's hearts. I want to tell you a story about a few people. Um, this gal on the far left with her husband, Elisa, in Italy. Elisa was, was um, just about a year and a half ago, at a point in her life where she was, had never been lower. She, we heard her story when we were there two weeks ago. She pulled out her hair, all her eyebrows she pulled out. She's pulling out big chunks of her hair. She was on um, medication for depression. She had lots of suicidal thoughts. She, Elisa was just in a bad, a bad place and didn't know where to turn. She was working at that time as a lifeguard. And one of, one of, her, one of the lifeguards noticed that she just wasn't doing well. And he's, he's like, hey, Elisa... I just want to tell you, not too long ago, I was also dealing with depression, and I was in a bad place. And um, I heard about I heard about God, heard about Jesus Christ, and I decided to follow Him. And He's He's completely changed my life. And I think you should come with me to church tonight, so you can hear more about it. And and she did. Elisa went to that church. She heard about about really what she'd never heard before. Elisa had never honestly heard that that the Creator of the universe loves her 
and values her. That was the whole deal she was struggling with. She just didn't feel significant, didn't feel valued, didn't feel she had any, any worth at all. And all of a sudden, here's the God who created the universe. He loves me. And that very night, Elisa surrendered her life to Christ. And an, a miracle happened. From, from that moment in time, Elisa has not had any, any self-destructive thoughts. She hasn't had any problems with depression, nothing. It was completely gone. She was freed from that. She was cured, healed. And uh, I know that doesn't happen all the time, but for Elisa, that was, that was the reality. God healed her in that mo- the moment she decided to follow Christ. Well, she told her boyfriend, this is her boyfriend, Danny, on the left there, and uh, she told him about, about that. And he noticed that things were changing comp- radically in her life. And uh, it wasn't very long until he decided to be, become a believer, follower of Christ as well. Um, she told her parents about it, and they were, like, kind of freaked out. They thought she was getting in some kind of a cult kind of thing. And, and then she, after Danny got saved, they decided we're not going to sleep together anymore. And um, they, she told her parents that, too, and they, they knew that she'd totally gone off the deep end then. They were, like, really mad at her, like, what's wrong with you? And I, I kind of thought when I heard that, I'm like, what do, what do you mean? Like, my parents would have been the opposite, but okay. Um, Danny, told, Danny told his brother. Danny's brother became a believer. They told their mom. Danny's mom became a believer. There was another cousin in the family that is now also a follower of Jesus. This has all happened in the last year. Uh, they both got baptized together, which was, which was totally cool. And when, we met, when I met Elisa, just the week before that, she and Danny had just gotten married. Um, they had 280 people at their wedding and um, shared openly what Christ has done, how God had changed their hearts. Because that's what God loves to do. God's at work changing hearts. On that same visit, we met this guy named Valentino. He's on the far left. Valentino also happened to work at that, as a lifeguard at the same place. And sure enough, the same guy who shared Christ with Elisa talked to Valentino and said, Hey, Valentino, I know your, your life's not going very well right now. Um, let me tell you what, what Jesus did for me. Valentino, when he was a kid, unlike Elisa, he was very religious. He grew up in a religious family, and he got totally into into the religion that he was involved in, but didn't really, didn't really understand, didn't understand, you know, about Jesus Christ and really what that meant. And when he, later in high school, kind of what, rebelled, went off the deep end, got into, got into a lot of addictive behaviors, involved in drugs. And so he was in a bad place as well when this guy Omar shared Christ with him. And um, just a brief side note, this guy Omar, this is wild. Omar is a Mus- Bosnian Muslim who in the Bosnian Wars, the Civil War, had to flee the country, came to Italy, and in Italy became a believer, follower of Jesus. And through him, Elisa and Valentino came to know Christ as their Savior. This is a wild, wild story. Like, God used a Muslim to bring kind of these people to Christ, which is cool. But it's, just a, it's an example that God is at work in the world changing people's hearts. Um, he is actively doing that. I'm excited that, that this church is exploring what does that mean to be connected to, to Kurdistan, which, in case you don't know, there's not a country named that. It's northern Iraq, but parents get nervous about sending their kids to Iraq, so you know, use the word Kurdistan. Sorry, if you weren't supposed to know that. That's just a reality. That's where it is. That's where it is. Um, and I show this picture because that, that part of the world is a place where when someone decides to follow Jesus... Um, it can be, it can have some pretty serious ramifications for their for their lives. Um, close family knit culture. It can mean they they lose their family. They could lose their job. Could lose their friends. They could be they could, could be completely ostracized. Or even there's even in some families there would be a danger for their lives. So, 
So that's what the shadow, the shadow represents a growing number of people in, in Kurdistan who are hearing about and deciding to place their faith in Jesus Christ as their Savior and are being radically transformed. Um, radically transformed, which, which is something only God can do. And so the, work, the team there that's working with these, with these new believers, they meet in small groups. They don't like, they don't, the, most of these guys don't meet in a big group like this. They meet in smaller groups. Guys disciple them, train them, and then they're kind of starting their own groups and doing the same thing. Just kind of like we read in Psalm 96, declaring God's glory to other people that they come in contact with. Um, there also is in, in the city where our team is located, there is an international church there as well, which does meet openly. And a lot of the kind of the Kurdish people there can sneak in and be a part of that and discover more what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus. And that kind of provides a platform for that. So that's really cool. But I'm not going to tell too much about that because the team that's going to go there is going to experience it. And then they're going to come back and tell you. And then you'll be excited. So I don't want to steal their thunder or anything. So I just want to just to emphasize that God is at work in changing people's hearts. And uh, the teams that are working in these places are doing what Jesus asked them to do. You know, in, in Acts 1-8, Jesus said, The Holy Spirit's going to come on you with power, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Um, God said in Psalm 96, Declare, declare his glory to the nations. Um, that's the, that's the, the privilege that God has given us as his people, those who know him as his Savior, is to declare his glory here and, and all over the world and to make disciples of people, to teach them what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus, to show them what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus. And then while we do that, God is at work transforming people's hearts, um, doing that. Well, God is not only at work changing um, people's hearts, but God is also at work in changing societies, changing complete societal structures. Um, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I watch the, the news, it just, it just ticks it just ticks me off to see all of the corruption and the brokenness and the abuse. And, and I mean, we, seem, we get like bombarded with all these images every day. Uh, sometimes I just can't even look at it, you know, because it's just so much. And it should bother us because there's things in society that are broken. They're broken, but God is at work doing something about it. Uh, I want to show you something. This is a picture of a, of a class of, of kids in just outside of Amman, Jordan, uh, school started about a year ago, just about exactly a year ago, the Alliance Academy of Jordan. And the vision for this school was, hey, this is a poorer community outside of Amman, and um, we want to provide a quality education for these kids who otherwise are not going to get it. And we also want them at the same time to experience people who know Jesus and to hear about that. Um, one of the unique things about this particular school is they have a, a department that, that they're developing for kids who have special needs whether that's physical, you know, physical needs or, or learning disabilities, whatever. And um, as far as I know in, that, in the country, this is only the second school that even has anything for kids that have these kind of special needs. Um, so so God, is, God is using this, this school to transform this entire community. This little guy in a wheelchair, he, he wouldn't have been able to go to a school otherwise. They're just, the, the other schools, they're just not, they're just not equipped to, to handle that, to to do with that. And so God has called a group of people there who started the school, have a real heart for people who otherwise wouldn't get a, a quality education. And that whole community will be changed because God doesn't just care about individuals. He cares also about, about societies as a whole. Um, 
another school um, that's starting up uh, has, uh, well, you guys, you've heard a lot about all the refugees. So Jordan has received just a, over the last four years just a, a boatload of refugees, and they don't, they don't have schools. The schools aren't, this can't handle all the kids that are coming to school. So most of those Syrian kids don't go to school anywhere at all because it's just not, there's just no space for them. So I wanted to show you just a brief little video about something that God has done uh, to change that in one particular, one particular city. about this there's a hundred kids from Syria uh, who have probably seen unimaginable things that 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 was their first day at school ever isn't that cool it's right up on the border of Syria and it it, it kind of kind of it just can blow your mind to think about here's a hundred kids who who have an opportunity that they otherwise wouldn't have and that's going to have an impact on them and on their families and on their communities for generations to come because God, God is at work changing societies um, through education. An, another project that our team is working on in Jordan, something called Green Creations, which is a project, it's really a poverty alleviation program to help uh, women especially uh, provide, for their, provide for their families for just basic needs, food, uh, school needs, clothing, that kind of thing. And so a team has been developed, a company has been formed to train ladies how to make a lot of handcrafts, so they make some pretty phenomenal jewelry out of recycled things, so out of paper, out of out of sea glass, out of all kinds of stuff that they that they use. And right now, there are about 20 ladies who are employed in Southern Jordan. There's a branch of it that just started in the West Bank, on um, Palestinian territories. Same kind of idea of just of, of the gospel. You know, is not just for us so that we can have a relationship with God. That would be enough. But God is also interested in in our physical needs, and so He's He's doing things like that to transform societies. In Bosnia, workers there, Bosnia Herzegovina, have a program where they've been working on this for 17 years now, in um, building up a group of primarily ladies who can do all kinds of crazy great things. They're so gifted with their hands, but have no way to no way to you know, no place to sell that stuff. So our teens have been working with those ladies, um, helping them to, to make things that would have a, a market in different parts of the world. And families are being changed. Um, communities are being changed. It seems like this is a simple thing, but it doesn't take much to make a huge impact on the world. One of the things you guys are doing is these Christmas gifts, right, for kids. Um, one gift, you just don't know the impact that that's going to have on one little kid's life. 
who's going to impact his family, that's going to impact, you know, you just, you just don't know. So God, God is at work changing societies and often starts in little ways when we just say, hey, God, I want to, be, I want to do something. Show me what I can do. God is at work changing hearts. He's changing societies. But God is also at work changing, changing attitudes of people. Europe, where we've lived for the last 17 years, has been, has been flooded with people from other, other nations that are just coming, hoping for a better life, uh, many of them, or just out of necessity, fleeing, you know, from the wars that are going on, just horrific stuff. Uh, and they're not always... They're not always welcomed with open arms <laughs> um, because there's just so many of them for a lot of different reasons. There's, just like we have prejudice, um, other people around the world have prejudice as well. Uh, we have a team in Barcelona, uh, this team on the right side there, they're, they're working among North Africans there in a North African community, um, just sharing and showing God's love to people who are otherwise kind of on the, on the outskirts of society who are, are not being really welcomed in uh, by the country as a whole. So they're doing in this, in this community center called La Fuente, they're doing something like the Green Creations thing, helping some ladies learn some basic skills. They do kids' programs. They uh, are teaching Spanish uh, and also teaching English. They have an outdoor club for kids, so they take kids out into the, kind of do camps and bike trips and camping trips. Uh, they start a uh, football soccer club for, for kids as well. So just all kinds of things to be a blessing to the these North Africans who have come to Spain for a variety of reasons, and um, and just showing the love of Christ to these people. And while they're showing, then they have opportunities to tell as well. Uh, we've had a team there for eight eight years, and just in the last year, there have been four people who have actually professed faith in Christ as well. So it takes a long time, it's hard work, but it's worth it because... Um, God is doing some great things. God is changing the attitudes of, of those people, the majority culture as well, to welcome these people. So as believers model and show love, it, it, gets, it kind of catches on. And the, the attitudes of the Spaniards is changing as well towards the North Africans. We're doing a, a similar thing is happening in France. France also has a lot of North African who, Africans who have moved in. And we have a team there in the southern part of France who have the dream. God gave them this vision to create just a space where these people can come together. You know, they're coming from countries like Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia, and, and their culture is all based on community. Like they're used to just being with each other, hanging out, and then they come to this new place, and the society is just not set up for that very well. So this building at the bottom, God provided this building. It's, a, it's actually a pretty big space. Um, the dream is let's just have a place where people can come and just be together and let, let these people kind of experience their culture so that they have a place to meet together. And, and then our team will be there with them, uh, just getting to know them, drinking tea with them, um, hanging out, and uh, also giving, having opportunities then to share about what they believe about Jesus Christ, about how they can also come to know him. And also in France, God is using the church there to change the attitudes of other people as well, to be more welcoming, uh, welcoming them in. There... There are masses of people coming into Germany, as you have seen lately. Um, we've seen it right in the community where we live. 
which is a little teeny cutesy little <laughs> German village right near Switzerland where we've lived the last four years and just within about a 15 minute drive of our place now there's three refugee centers that have opened up with about 300 people in each of those places and it's going to be expanding by the end of December there'll be a, that 300 it'll, it'll be over a thousand people that are there just right near our house so lots of people coming in and there's significant prejudice um, as well and so God has, God has called his church to do something about it. So our church is active right where we live, um, visiting people, um, just being with them, bringing them to the doctor, helping them to learn some German, um, playing with the kids, doing all kinds of things, whatever we can, just to let people know, hey, we love you, and God loves you as well. You're, you're valuable human beings. You're not nuisances. Uh, you're not mistakes. In May, I, I had a chance to meet with some pastors from Lebanon. Uh, Lebanon is a country that has had over a million refugees over the last four years that are living in the country. About 25% of the population in that country are, are Syrians, are non-Lebanese. So it's had a huge impact on that, on that culture. And historically, not that long ago, there was a war in Lebanon. And really, the Syrians were, were kind of the, the, the dominant group there. And the Lebanese people... Uh, have had uh, and still do have a, a significant dislike or even a hatred. The pastor told me we, that we, 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 we struggle with hatred of these people. And now all of a sudden there's a million of them in our country. What are we supposed to do with them? Because God's calling us to love the people. And it was awesome to, to hear these pastors talk about how every, every week they send out teams to deliver food and necessities to, to Syrian, to refugees. They don't have camps in Lebanon. They're just all over. Every, every vacant building is full Every bridge, there's people living under it. Um, but, but God's calling the church to do something about it. And um, so they're visiting families. They're, they're meeting their needs. They're, 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 love, they're overcoming prejudice by showing love to people. Um, last Easter, one of the churches that's had an impact on about 500 families that they visit on a regular basis, at least monthly, they decided, let's do something for these families. So they planned a big meal and invited everybody and there were too many people that were going to come, so they had to do it over two, two weekends. So they filled up their building and at, as a part of the meal, and they told people this is what's going to happen. We're also going to, going to tell you about what we believe, and they did. And the first weekend, there were about 30, 30 adults, uh, primarily Muslim background people, who prayed to receive Christ. The second week, there were 100 people who said they wanted to believe Christ. So God is at work changing the attitudes of the hearts of believers giving him a love for people that naturally they would have a hatred towards. And because of that love, he's drawing, drawing these people to himself, which is a beautiful thing. I think all of us, if we're honest, struggle with certain attitudes that prevent us from really showing people what it means to follow Christ. We all have, we have prejudices, we have whatever. Um, but God can change that. And God is at work doing that, doing that around the world. And the question I want to have, I have for us, is um, how about me? How about you? How is God is at work? How is God is at work in your life? How is God at work in your heart, changing your heart? And how is that God at work in your society? And how is God at work in your attitudes? It's easy for us to talk about what God is doing out there. But what about what is God doing right here? And uh, it's exciting for me to be in a church like this where there's, there's some excitement here. 
unfortunately, in a lot of churches in America, there's just not that there. So God has given you guys a, a, a very unique, a unique gift here in the community that he's placed you in. Um, how is God going to use you? How is God going to use you in this society? I like the idea of the blood bank. I love the idea of, of Christmas gifts. I love the idea of sending out a team to Kurdistan. Um, what does God want to continue to do in your, in your hearts to change your society and to change your, your attitudes? This, this morning, after the first service, I had a great conversation with a couple people that, that um, was very challenging to me that I just wanted to add. And the, the conversation kind of went like this. Um, when you talked, you shared about lost people as if it wasn't a big deal, almost. You know, like, like here's people that haven't heard about Jesus. You know, there's two point whatever billion people who don't know Jesus yet. And so, you know, we want to see God change people's hearts. Um, but I was really convicted in talking to these couple people uh, and reminded of how God feels about people. For, for God, people are not just a statistic or a project. Broken societies are not just a, a nuisance or something we feel badly about. But, but it, it breaks the heart of God um, that people don't know him. It really, it really does. And... Um, I wonder how often I, or how often we, allow our hearts to really be broken about that. Just, not just bothered, but really broken. Um, by the fact that, that most of the people in the world don't know him yet. By the fact that I just heard this two days ago, I couldn't believe it. They said that if, at the current rate of like the population growth in the world, that the number of people who don't know Jesus now despite all that's go, the good things that are going on, like I shared, God's at work, lots of things happen, great things, but that number is actually going to increase significantly in the next couple of decades because the world's just expanding. There's so many pe- more people being born now. And i like, how can that be? Like, <laughs> there's just so many people who don't know Jesus yet. And I want to challenge us all. I guess with this first word that I want to challenge us with, the word of love. Love is a pretty painful word. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing to say God loves you. You know, God loves the world. But love is also a painful thing when we think about people who don't know Christ. Um, so I want to challenge you today to, to, to allow God's love to really do some work in your heart, uh, whatever that means. I also want to encourage you to pray. Every one of our 120 workers that we work with in Europe and the Middle East is actually, I'm not exaggerating when I say this, is dependent upon people like you guys praying for them. Because some of them are pretty alone. Uh, the team that goes out to Kurdistan, you'll see it's a pretty isolated place, and, um, and they need people to be stand behind them. And the amazing thing, one of the amazing things about prayer is when I pray for somebody, it's like my arm extends, and if I pray for somebody to be encouraged, you know what happens? They, they get encouraged because that, that's just, it's ama- it's, isn't that phenomenal? God works through that. When we pray, God works. So when we pray for our workers, when we pray for other things, it, it happens. And so I want to encourage you to, just to be active in praying, uh, praying for other people, uh, praying for things you, you hear about, pray about situations you see on the news, um, pray for the team that's going to be going out to Kurdistan. 
Um, prayer does make a difference. There's no other, there's no other uh, explanation for some of the things that God is doing except that man, people are praying for that and he's answering. So love, I want to encourage you to love, to pray, also to be engaged in some way, to be actively engaged in some way in what God is doing around the world. Um, there was a time in my life where I, I was pretty satisfied with what was going on, pretty satisfied with my job, pretty satisfied with kind of my hobbies, with my family, and I, I honestly just wasn't really even thinking about um, my part in God's work around the world. And if that's the case for you, I want to challenge you this morning to not be satisfied with that and to say, hey, God, how do you want me to get engaged? How do you, get me, how do you want me to get involved in what's going on right now in the world? And that begins right here. It might be in your school. It might be at your workplace, in your neighborhood. It might start with this Christmas gift thing. Uh, it might be that God says, hey, there's, there's a group going to Haiti. I want you to go. Or there's a group going to Iraq. I want you, I want you to go there. Uh, just tell your parents Curtis dad. <laughs> um, but, but seriously, seriously, what is God asking you to do and then to do that? How is God asking you to be engaged? Um, fourth thing I want to challenge you is about sending. I am so grateful that when I was, first when I was 12 and then later when I was 19 again, God called me to, to go overseas as, and serve him somewhere. And I didn't know at the time where that was going to be. I just knew that he was calling me to go. And I'm so grateful that, that, that there are people that sent me. Otherwise, I wouldn't, wouldn't have been able to go. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar with how things work in the, like the Alliance missions, we have a, just the way that we do things generally is that all of the churches support all of the workers. So I can quite literally say, like, thank you for sending me, even though you've never met me or heard of me before, probably, um, because the Alliance family supports the Alliance work all around the world, which I think is a phenomenal thing. And I want to challenge you guys as a church to, to continue to send, to be great senders of people. When God calls people to go, he, he also calls people to send. Um, so be a church that sends. And then, and then the last thing is, is to go. I mentioned when I was 12, God spoke to me the first time saying, I want you to go. And I know what that meant. Uh, for sure, didn't know where, where that was going to be or where, for sure didn't know, have any idea that I would end up like in Europe in the Middle East doing what I do now. But, but at a point in my life, I decided to be obedient to that. And I believe God will speak to some of you as well to do something like that. Um, whatever that looks like, God doesn't give the details up front. He doesn't give you like a, the whole job description ahead of time. He just says, hey, I want you to go. Will you go? And I want to challenge each and every one of you to be open to that. Um, last night I stayed with a couple, Larry and Barb Huddleston. Some of you know them. Um, they're like, I think it's okay for me to say this, Larry, at least 65 years old. They're like, hey, God, I, I want to go. <laughs> they're ready to go. I mean, they went to, they went to Iraq for a couple years. Um, they went to Poland for a few years. They, they're just willing to go. So what I'm trying to say with Larry and Barb is that there's not like an age range where, okay, oh, I'm over 30, I can't go anymore, I'm over 50. Um, if God asks you to go, he's going to open door for you to go somewhere. So don't rule it out because you're too young or you think you're too old or whatever. Um, listen to the voice of God and what he's asking you to do. And be obedient, be obedient to him. So God is at work among the nations. How about you? 
how are you going to respond to that? I hope that you'll be encouraged to, that you're a part of a great thing that's happening. You're, being a part, you're part of God's great plan uh, to show his love, to declare his glory among the nations, among, among peoples. And some of those peoples, um, it's been a long time, and they haven't had a chance to hear the good news yet. Um, some of those peoples might actually be your neighbors. You know that? We assume, oh, we live in this, you know, there's a church in every street corner, so everybody obviously has heard about Jesus. Well, you know what? Actually, that's not true. Um, there's actually a lot of people in your neighborhoods that have never, ever had anybody really tell them, um, really, what does that mean to be a follower of Jesus? Um, maybe never had anybody really show them what that means. So it's not just about going to some other place. It's about right where you're at right now, um, being obedient to what God asks you to do. So thanks again. Thanks again for being a, su- a supportive church. I'm excited about how God is going to use you in the future because he has some great things planned. And uh, you guys are going to be excited as you see your impact, like, spread like crazy. Um, not because there's anything special about us, but because when we join God in his work, he does great things in us and through us. So be encouraged with that and be challenged. Let me pray a blessing for you. Um, Lord, I, I'm, I thank you so much that you, every single one of us in this room has been, because we're here today, has had the opportunity to at least hear something about you. And many of us, Lord, you've, you've drawn us to yourself and you've opened our eyes to see the truth and we've received you as our Savior. And we are so thankful for that, Lord. And I thank you for what you're doing in this church family, for just the, the excitement that you've given, for the, the life here, the, the passion, the desire to make a difference. And Lord, I just pray that that would be like a... Like a, like a hot coals that just expands and glows and and burns. Um, Pray for your protection on this church, that it would continue to be a place where your name is honored and glorified above all things. And and Lord, we just look forward to, with with anticipation of what you're going to do through this church body. Uh, So continue to give it the gifts it needs to do everything that you're calling it to do. Um, Give us all, Lord, courage to be obedient to you and to follow your call in our lives, whatever that means, and wherever that leads us or keeps us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you, Jerry, for that message. Uh, We are going to go into a time of communion now. Uh, We do this here every week. Uh, It's something that's not just religious, ritualistic, something that doesn't have meaning for us. It has full of meaning. Um, and as you take part, I want you guys to take some time to reflect on this week, next week, uh, on what Jerry has spoken regarding, you know, is God using you? How is God using you at where you are at and what God wants to do? So if you're, if you're new here, if you're not a believer, um, you know, don't feel pressure to take part in it. Uh, if you're not part of this church but you're still, you know, uh, part of the church, come and uh, take part with us. Uh, we do have a prayer room at the left room right there as soon as you walk out that door if you want prayer. So, so Father God, thank you, Lord, for the message. Thank you, Lord, for what you are doing, Lord, in our lives, what you are doing in the nations. Um, as Jerry spoke, I, Father God, I ask, Lord, that um, you would move in our hearts uh, as we take the bread, as we take the wine. Um, 
as we realize, Lord, what you are doing uh, in our lives and how you may be using us or want to use us uh, to do justice, to do good, to show mercy, to show grace, O Father God. So I pray, Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would speak in our minds. Um, I pray against, Lord, any barriers in our own hearts, any walls around our own hearts, Lord, so that we may be able to accept your love and what you have for us. In the name of Jesus, amen.